Today is Tuesday, September 19th. The title for our devotional is God's Response. Yesterday, we read Ephesians 2, 1 through 10. The first three verses begin with the dreadful plight of humanity prior to the grace and mercy of God in saving his people. Today, we will begin our laser focus on the good news, literally meaning the gospel. We're going to jump right ahead to verse 4. We spent all last week on the bad news. But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. This is one of, if not the most beautiful, concise, worshipful declarations of God's response to our sin. If we are to rewind a few verses, Paul describes the resurrection as the enthronement of Christ over every rule and authority and power and dominion and every name that is named. He put all things under his feet, Paul says. Paul's point here then in verses 1 through 10 is to describe how Christ's victory is personally applied to the Ephesian believers. Notice the language of the transitions from our former state to our later state in Christ. In verses 1 through 5, he describes humanity as dead, but then alive with Christ in verse 5. Secondly, walking in trespasses and sins in verses 1 through 2, to new creations who are now walking in the good works that God has prepared for us in verse 10. Verse 3, uh, humanity is described as children of wrath. Two, in verse 4, recipients of God's grace, mercy, and love. All of this comes to believers by God's actions of uniting us together with Christ, so that the results of Christ's resurrection are applied to God's people. Of course, Christ still holds the exalted place, as chapter 1 is all about, and we are the thankful recipients of God's grace given to us through Christ and his victory. So why did God do this? Paul makes it abundantly clear by repeating multiple times with different words that it is solely because God wanted to show mercy, grace, and love to his people. God is rich in mercy, he says in verse 4. He loves his people with a great love, again in verse 4. In verse 7, Paul explains why God has raised his people up and seated them in the heavenly places in Christ. And it's because he wanted to show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. In verse 5, Paul pauses, interrupting his thought to make this point abundantly clear. By grace, you have been saved. He says it again in verse 8, emphasizing that this grace is a gift received by faith. He even then expresses the alternative also. This is not your own doing, not a result of works. Instead of working out our own righteousness, we are God's workmanship, his new creation in Christ Jesus. Again, God did this solely out of his grace, mercy, and love for his people. God did not owe us this. God did not need to save us. He simply chose to. He takes the initiative to save us, to show us his grace, mercy, and love. I regularly ask my kids, what's the difference between a gift and a wage? (laughs) 
They usually sigh, roll their eyes, and say something like, a wage is something you earn, and a gift is something freely given. I ask this all the time because the correct understanding of this is essential to our understanding of the gospel. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. God has given his people a free gift of salvation that is received through faith in Jesus Christ. This is the only thing that restores our broken relationship with God due to our sin. No one else will save us. Nothing else can redeem us. There is no other name under heaven by which we can be saved, Acts 4.12 says. And why would we want another? Why would we want another way or another name or another person to cling to? Jesus is so good. This story is so irresistible. Tomorrow we'll begin talking about the alternative responses to our violations of the moral law. And as I said yesterday, they're all trash. In the additional content section of the devotional today, I've included Ephesians 1, 3 through 14, 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 11, and Romans 5, 9 through 11. I just wanted to include those as just further reading for you to, to reflect on the goodness of God in redeeming and saving us. But on the audio here, I'm going to read Ephesians 1, 3 through 14, the first one. And again, as I'm reading this, I just give praise, give worship, give glory to God for what he has done, as Paul is doing here to open his letter to the Ephesians. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, He predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, with which he has blessed us in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will, according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time, to unite all things in him, things in heaven, and things on earth. In him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of your inheritance until we acquire possession of it, to the praise of his glory. Spend some time thanking God today for saving and redeeming you.